So tonight I'm speaking on, is that really you, God? At the beginning of the week, I was, I was praying about what I should be speaking about. And God said, speak, speak about hearing my voice. And uh, back in 1984, I read a book called, Is That Really You, God? And um, that was when you were born. Shut up. <laughs> you might be ridiculously good looking, but I still, you know. <laughs> um, son, <laughs> yep. Um, so... <laughs> Sorry, I don't get to speak very often, so I'm, you know, just, just, just no hecklers tonight, guys. Uh, so, yeah, at the, at the beginning of the week, God's told me to speak on that subject. And then um, yesterday, the author of that book um, passed away. So I just felt like it was um, really timely. I'm going to talk about that. But Tonight, you know, I want to just talk about the fact that God wants to communicate with us. He loves us so much, so much, so much, and that He wants to speak to us. And I'm myself, I'm still growing in listening and hearing God's voice. Uh, even all these years on, and yes, there are quite a few years since 1984. Um, but I feel tonight that God is wanting to unplug some ears. And I feel that God is wanting to give new revelation, fresh revelation of uh, the fact that He has revelation for all of us. And that he's wanting to speak to all of us. And the thing is, is that when we're in a relationship with God, like when we're in relationship with anybody, it's got to be a two-way thing, right? There's talking and there's listening. And yes, listening, Gideon. <laughs> you know that word? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a rabble tonight. <laughs> so yes, is talking. Actually, you do the, you do the talking and um and listening. But tonight, I just want to start off by just introducing a couple in Japan. And this is what happens when we don't talk to one another. And now this couple had been married for a long time. They had four children. And the son, who was 18, realized he had never heard his parents speak together. For 20 years, his father would not talk to his mother. He wouldn't speak. So like, that's it, called the incredible sulk. So when she would speak, he would just grunt and point and mm-mm-mm-mm. But this 18-year-old realized he'd never actually ever heard them speak together. And so he decided that he was going to write to a Japanese game show and get his parents on the game show, which was a date, probably the first date that they'd had in more than 20 years. And so I'm just going to show this video and you can have a wee look at it. This is the four kids. Look at
子供たちがそんなに心配してるとは言うには今まで苦労かけてすまないと思ってます今までしっかりやってくれて感謝してますこちらこそありがとうございます話もこれからは少しはしていきますのでこれからもよろしくお願いしますよろしくお願いしますありがとうございます Isn't that so touching? I'm amazed that she stayed with him for 20 years when he didn't, wouldn't speak to her. Can you imagine? And the level of forgiveness that she showed towards him was incredible. But I want to talk to you about the fact that God does speak. And he speaks, and we learn to listen. And I want to tell you a little bit of a story about my, one of my first encounters with hearing the voice of God. And I was a teenager, and、um, also a very long time ago. <laughs> and、uh, I had a friend who actually comes to this church now、uh, at school, and every day she would be banging on about God. And she would be showing me tracts and telling me about what had happened at church and, and all these things. And I,、uh, I was kind of starting to get a little bit interested, a little bit fascinated with what she was going on about. But at the same time,、uh, what started happening to me was something a wee bit unusual, something of the supernatural, which wasn't so good. So I had a couple of experiences where、uh, one time I was in my room. And the room started glowing red, and my little dog, who was sitting, sitting on the end of the bed, started growling, and there was nobody there. And that was a wee bit creepy. <laughs> I thought, Who, who's there? And I, and I felt this fear come over me. And then there was another time I felt like somebody was sitting on my chest and pressing on my chest, and I couldn't breathe. And I thought, what is that? See, the supernatural is real, people. You know, we talk a lot about God, but we don't often talk about the other side of things. And the other side of things is at work as well, and was definitely at work at that point. So I had this conversation with my friend's mother, and I said, I don't understand it. Why is this happening? And,、uh, and she said to me, She said, the same thing happened to my son when he started to walk towards God. And it was like the enemy wanted to just like pull him back and say, No, I'm going to scare you and you're not to go anywhere near. So the next time it happens, just call out on the name of Jesus. That's all you do. Well, what did I know? So I'm lying in bed. The next time it happens, I just thought, Oh, oh, this is creepy. What, what is this? And I did what she said. I said, Jesus! Stopped immediately. Went immediately. And I thought, oh, okay.、Um, so I went on this quest then. I, I said, well, if that's real, are you real too, God? So I asked God, 
you know, or the universe out there. I mean, if you're really real God, would you would you show yourself to me? Will you reveal yourself to me? And right in that moment, straight away, I just got these words, Jeremiah 33, 3. Well, I didn't really know the Bible. I just thought, oh, is that a Bible verse? I didn't have a Bible. Um, so I actually, it was about one o'clock in the morning, my usual time. And so I got up out of bed and went to the bookcase and, and I found this dusty old uh, King James version of the Bible and I flicked through it. it took me ages because where's Jeremiah? Who would know? Uh, and then I finally came to this verse, Jeremiah 33, 3. And this is just after I'd said, you know, if this stuff's going to happen, if the supernatural is real, God... If you're real, can you please show me yourself to me? So, what did it say? Call unto me, and I will answer thee. I gave you the King James Version. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If that's not an answer from God, I don't know what is. And in that moment, I realized that God did speak and that he spoke to me and he wanted to speak to me and not only just in that moment but he wanted to show me much much more which was really exciting and then you know there's another version call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things but in the bible we can see in 1 Samuel 3 there was a boy called Samuel now his mother Hannah had prayed for many years for him she was barren uh, and then finally uh, she conceived this child but she promised him to God as soon as she, he was weaned and he came to live with the prophet at that time which was Eli so that's the background so just reading along the boy Samuel served the Lord under the direction of Eli in those days the Lord didn't give many messages to his people he didn't give them many visions but one night Eli was lying down in his usual place. His eyes were becoming so weak he couldn't see very well. And Samuel was lying down in the Lord's house. He would have been very young, probably about seven or eight. That's where the ark of God was kept. The lamp of God was still burning. And the Lord called out to Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. He ran over to Eli and said, here I am. You called out to me. But Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli. He said, here I am, you called out to me. My son, Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. Samuel didn't know the Lord yet. That's because the Lord still hadn't given him message. The Lord called out for the third time and he said, Samuel, Samuel got up and went to Eli. He said, here I am, you called out to me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. If someone calls out to you again, say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there. He called out just as he'd done the other times. He said, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel replied, speak, I'm listening. See, God was speaking, but Samuel didn't yet know God's voice. 
He heard it, but he didn't recognize it. He, he knew there was a voice, but he didn't recognize it as God's. And he learned how to recognize his voice and he learned how to listen. Can you recognize God's voice? Lauren Cunningham was the author of the book, Is That Really You, God? And God spoke to him as a 13-year-old, go into all the nations and preach the good news. And he told him that he was gonna use him to reach the nations. And then when he was 20, God gave him a vision. And the vision was of a wave upon wave of young people like me, missionaries still in their teens and early 20s, marching onto the shores of all the continents of the world. The vision was tantalizing. What brashness made me think it was a mandate from the Lord, Lauren says. A lot of people get visions. Could mine really be one of those special guiding events that launch a great work of God? Both Gideon and I became part of the fulfillment of that young boy's vision and God speaking to both of us from different sides of the world about going into YRAM, which is Youth of the Mission. See, my friend had passed away of leukemia at 19 and I was determined that the life that I got to live, I wanted to live consecrated to God which is also what my name means, Catherine Elizabeth, pure and consecrated to God. And I wanted to pursue him with my whole heart. I wanted my life to count. And somehow I was given a brochure of the organisation of YWAM. YWAM in the Netherlands. <laughs> YWAM's worldwide, but somehow I got the Dutch one. No idea how that happened. <laughs> Did you have something to do with that? <laughs> it was the best one. But in that time then, I was thinking, gosh, is God trying to say something to me? And over a period of, of, a, of a year, two years, God started speaking to me about going to the Netherlands to Youth of the Mission. And everywhere I went, I would run into Dutch people. I reconnected with my 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 earlier piano teacher who was Dutch. I tuned on the TV, there was Dutch stuff, there was Dutch everything. My mother decided she was, her new favorite recipe was a Dutch cake. Uh, it was just like, it was just absolutely crazy. And everywhere I went, it, like, it felt like every turn I made, it was God was speaking about Holland, which he needed to because like I was 20 and I was gonna be going to the other side of the world, right? Whew. My dad wasn't too pleased about that idea, but my mum thought, yeah, she could see that something was on it. As history tells, I stepped out and went off to YWAM in Holland. God met with me there and my life was changed forever. And I became a part of the vision of the wave of missionaries in their teens and early 20s marching on the shores of the continents. In my time in Youth of the Mission, I was involved in mission in three different continents and 17 countries. Lauren Cunningham was the first person in history to travel to every sovereign nation on earth, all dependent countries and more than 100 territories and islands for the sake of Christ and the Great Commission. Mark 16 verse 15, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. The same verse that God spoke to me about going. 
The ministry Lauren founded, Use of the Mission, an ever-expanding global missions movement born in 1960, even older than me, <laughs> has reached into every nation on earth through evangelism, training, and mercy ministries. Tens of thousands of full-time staff participate from 200-plus countries and various locations in nearly 200 nations. Millions have served in YRAM programs as students, short-term volunteers, and full-time staff. Many have credited YRAM as being among the world's largest and most significant mission movements ever. Would you put your hand up if you've been involved in YRAM at some point? Yeah, there's a bunch of us. Bunch of us. See, Lauren was a teenager when God spoke to him. A lot of people laughed at him, said, who do you think you are? His family, part of his family were extremely proud and the other part was just saying, why are you throwing your life away? Why are you wasting your life away? And who's to say that that's God? Isn't that the enemy's voice? Did God really say? <laughs> but he was faithful to what he believed was God's voice. Hearing God is not that difficult. If we know the Lord, we've already heard his voice. After all, it was the inner leading that brought us to him in the first place. But we can hear his voice once and still miss his best if we don't keep listening. After the what of guidance come the when and the how. Luke eleven nine says, So here is what I say to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks will hear. Everyone who seeks will find. So we need to understand God's character to actually be able to fully understand his voice. And so we look in Titus where it says, but the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. He saved us. It wasn't because of the good things we had done. It was because of his mercy. He saved us by washing away our sins. We were born again. The Holy Spirit gave us new life. God poured out the Spirit on us freely. That's because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, has done. His grace made us right with God. So now we have received the hope of eternal life as God's children. If we don't know that he is good, we can misinterpret his words. We can misinterpret what we hear. I've got a couple of slides here, and they both say the same words, but very different meanings. I'll have your blood in a little pink bucket, drop by drop. Yep. Or, I'll have your blood in a little pink bucket, drop by drop. Says the same thing, but very different meanings, isn't it? Because of who's saying it and what the context is. See, God has a purpose for our lives. And according to Norm MacLeod, he has 50 different ways of getting us to that purpose, which is a big relief, isn't it? But can I hear the voice of God? Or is a better question, why would I not hear the voice of God? 
We need to listen to his voice and the tone that he uses, not in our projections. And what is his tone? It's always going to be love. It's always going to be love. He always wants our best. But how do you perceive God's voice in your life? What does it sound like? Does it sound like an angry father or a kind father? If you understand that God has good for you, you will hear his voice differently to if you believe he is just out to punish you. So how does God speak? Well, one, through his word. Uh, in Psalm 119, it says, Your word is like a lamp that shows me the way. It is like a light that guides me. He speaks to us in prayer, through our senses. And if you come and do the School of the Prophets next year, when I redo it again, I've just finished uh, for the second time, has, has a week promo. <laughs> uh, we, we talk about, we learn about how God speaks to us and he speaks through the five different senses. That Well, actually every part of our body, through our smell, our, our sight, with touch, with yeah, our ears, through every part. He speaks to us through dreams and visions. And that was the vision that Lauren Cunningham saw. He saw a, a moving vision on, his, on the, the wall of his auntie's house. Emotional perceptions or feelings or knowing through our natural surroundings, through others, through angelic visitations like Mary had, or patterns on repeat numbers, words, situations, perhaps godly advice. God seems to speak to me a lot through patterns noticing patterns. I see patterns, I see numbers, I see, yeah. Um, and it's like, and I notice that when I've seen it once, okay, that's when I, and then it's twice, and then it's three times, and then I keep seeing that same repeating pattern or number or, yeah, something like that. And then I pay attention. What are you wanting to say, Lord? He will always confirm his word. But how do you discern if it's your voice God's voice or Satan's voice? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the hard one, isn't it? So let's look first at your own voice. Now, this is the easiest one to spot because it's the self-talk that's going on most of the time during our waking hours. It's our thoughts about ourselves, about others and life around us. It's our feelings and intuitions put into an inner dialogue we have with ourselves. Some of us can be unaware that we are constantly speaking to ourselves. So here are a few characteristics of that voice. One, it deals with your everyday preferences, prejudices and preoccupations. It can be critical or accepting depending on personality, formative experiences, and lifestyle choices. Three, in quieter moments, it expresses deeper desires and emotions. And four, it is often controlled by what we are feeling and experiencing in the present, especially strong emotion. But the second voice of Satan, because not every voice in your head is yours. might be your mother's. 
This is the one of the more important revelations when we become serious about our relationship with God because we can run into some resistance. Satan is a defeated enemy, but we still has one powerful weapon, and that's the lie. So he will often take negative or downcast thinking and accentuate it like adding gas to the fire. At other times, he'll be more obvious and whisper a lie that seems believable. But believing the lie will leave us paralyzed. And here are some characteristics of Satan's voice. One, it's always a lie with enough truth thrown in to make it believable, such as, oh, it's always my fault. I'll never be good enough. I can never change. There is a sinister tone to the whisper. It always distorts the truth about who God is or who you are. And it seeks to kill and destroy by crippling us. Sometimes it's the power behind vows we have made, such as, I'll never be put in that position again. I'm never going back there. I'm never going to do that again. I'll always try to make everyone happy. I'm never going to be caught failing. And then the third voice is the voice of God. And God's voice is often the last one we hear. God is speaking to us all the time, but his still quiet voice sometimes gets drowned out with all the other stuff that's going on around us, doesn't it? So we are left listening to our own self-talk or to the enemy. But if we learn to hear the voice, his voice, we find salvation, healing, and guidance. Over time, we learn how the voice of God sounds, just like Samuel did. And it sounds similar to the way we recognize the voices of other loved ones by spending time in his presence and we come to know and trust the voice and it starts becoming more and more familiar to us. And here are some characteristics of God's voice. One, it never contradicts his written word, the Bible. From time to time I hear Christians making comments that um, they've prayed about something and they believe that it's, they have a peace about it and that God said it's okay to do. But it conflicts exactly with the word of God. I would suggest they're not hearing God's voice. It is gentle and quiet, though at times it can be firm. It always speaks with love and compassion and hope. And it always says the truth about who he is and who we are. It brings healing and deliverance from trauma, bondage, and the demonic. We need to be quiet enough to hear his voice. What he speaks will usually be not too different to what he's already been speaking to us. Sometimes we're fearful that God's going to take us on a complete tangent. But usually that's not the way that he works in our lives. Usually it's like, yeah, actually that's really obvious because he's already been working that way in my life before. And up to now, he's already been speaking that. He's already been showing me that. And then it just lands on a place where it can be ignited. And the same with when we hear prophetic words from other people. We must always be diligent to bring them back before the Lord. And to ask, is this what you're saying? Check it out. 
And don't be one of these people who just goes around chasing the prophetic people. Learn to hear God for yourself. (laughs) You know, sometimes I go to meetings and I see the same people all down the front, all waiting for the, the prophet to give them a word. And I just think, how desperate. How sad, how sad that they haven't actually cultivated that quiet place for themselves where God can speak to them on a daily basis. Don't be that person. (laughs) One thing God does is he uses repeat. He will get your attention and everything around you will be speaking the same thing. You'll see the same numbers or patterns or color. He'll confirm his word. He will confirm it through multiple places. Then you have to discern, is this really you, God? When God speaks, be like Samuel and say, Lord, I'm listening. See, God is always speaking. He's always speaking. We're not always listening. We kind of get all this busy clutter in our head and we, we'd rather go and talk to the, the, the big person and get their advice than actually sit down with God ourselves. We want to go to the prophet. We want to go to wherever we want to go to. But God wants to speak to us every day. And you have the ability to hear his voice. The only thing that's different between you and those prophets or people who pray for you are they've actually cultivated that secret place. They've cultivated that place where they hear from God. They've learned to listen, to sit and be quiet and hear what God has has got to say. (laughs) So what do we do? One, we come to God daily in prayer and Bible reading. That's daily. That's not just when we play Bible roulette. We need a verse to come out of, you know, the flicking through the pages to find a verse that's going to fit our circumstances. And go like, I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it, but I don't do it anymore. From time to time, God will speak through that, but I don't think that that's the best method. I think the best method is to be methodically working through His Word and let that speak to us. Go down deep. Grow some deep roots. And anyway, in what relationship would you not talk to the person daily? Uh Uh-oh, okay, we've got some marriage counseling needed over here. (laughs) Um, But we do, we, you know, a good relationship, we wanna talk to the person every day, you know? And that's the same as the, the relationship that we have with God, he calls us his bride. So when he calls us his bride, then he's the groom. So we wanna be talking daily with him, right? Not just waiting for a crisis to come up. Because the thing is, when we're talking daily with him and getting the word into our heart and establishing it and being grounded in the word, when a crisis comes, we're prepared. We don't need to go, ah, what's happening? Because we have that peace because God has already been speaking to us 
and establishing us. We already know that God's voice is for us. We already know that His Word is reliable. We already know that He is worth standing on. We already know that He's never going to fail us or forsake us. We already know that He will never leave us in the lurch. So when the hard times come, we're already prepared because we've done the work, done the mahi. My second point is I'd encourage you to write down any impressions, scriptures, pictures, or words God gives you. Now, Beck, I'm, I, I'm, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm talking a lot about why I am tonight, but I'm so grateful for the discipling that I had back then. And like one of the things that we're discipled in was learning how to hear God's voice, learning to write things in a prayer journal. And I loved writing things in the prayer journal and then flicking back six months later or a year. I've still got those prayer journals from my time in Youth of the Mission for the five years. And every now and then I flick back through them and think, whoa, man, God, you were speaking. Wow, it was amazing. And, and even stuff that I prayed then, which is like 40 years ago, and I'm seeing the fulfillment of now. Because I wrote it down. It's amazing. Sometimes we skip over things because we forget that we actually prayed for them. You know, and then, and then something happens and we go, oh yeah, that's cool. But then we think that when we think, oh yeah, but actually back there on the 13th of February, I actually prayed for that exact scenario. And here we are on the 18th of October and it's happened. And that just causes us to worship God more because then we see how faithful and trustworthy He is. Yeah, it's good. And sometimes we write down things because we think, oh, that's not really meaningful. And then we get down the track a week later, a month later, maybe six months later, and we go, whoa, God was actually speaking really clearly to me in that moment and I wasn't really paying attention I kind of was but I, I, I paid enough attention to write it down because I thought mm, this is something but I didn't pray enough into it and then point number three when we get there and God's spoken be obedient to what he's saying that's the hard bit <laughs> You know, delayed obedience is actually disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So if God is speaking to you about something, do it. Honestly, it's not worth the agony and all the stuff that you miss out on. Do it quickly. Because it's awesome when we get into that alignment with, with God and, and He speaks and we act and he speaks, and we act, and he speaks, and we act, and what a happy life we have. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's awesome. And then we get to see more, because the thing is, as, as we get to be more and more obedient about what he says to us, then he reveals more, and he opens up more, and there's more, there's always more. We think that we're confined to this one thing. No, we're not. 
We're obedient here, and that opens that door, and then that door, and then that door, and the next minute we've got this door. (laughs) God is so good. He's so good, and He's got so much good stuff for all of us. Number four is consult with others for confirmation if necessary and look for right timing. So, you know, like I had this guy before I was married, he came in and says, oh, you know, God's shown me that um, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I go like, dude, no. (laughs) Now, if he'd had a good friend, godly friend that he'd shared that with first, they would have said, dude, what are you on about? No. Um, But he didn't. So he came and he presented it and he'd had this quiet time in the morning. He'd read that verse and he presented it to me as if like I was the... I was going to be the wife. There's no way I was going to be the wife. But, you know, this is where we need to have godly counsel to stop us being dumb. Because <laughs> sometimes we do dumb things because we get this head full of steam and we go off on do something and then we think, oh, if, if I'd only had just kind of talked to somebody about that, I, I might have actually avoided all that, that dumb stuff. <laughs> Godly friendships and godly people around you is so important. And then five, <clears throat> finally, thank God for speaking. Thank Him for speaking to you. Praise Him. Worship Him. We're talking about the God of the universe and He's speaking to us. And He's interested in all our silly little petty little things, you know, like what color the car is. The cool thing is he's so kind and so loving that even if we do care about the colour of the car, he'll give it to us anyway, (laughs) which is so awesome. But praise him, thank him, and um, bless him. But I don't want to finish tonight without doing a wee short activation. (laughs) It's all right, those who have done School of Prophets, I'm not doing anything scary. (laughs) Hey, by the way, did I say we're doing School of Prophets next year? I'd love to have you all there. (laughs) Well, a few of you you guys have done it, right? Who's who's done School of Prophets? Oh, half flip. Look at that, Gideon. Half of you. Okay. So um, it's a great, great way of, um, you know, getting our ears unplugged. (laughs) <laughs> but the name of this game is, it's called the name game. <laughs> no, it's not that name game, Dajel. <laughs> so those, who, those of you who have done School of the Prophets know that uh, one of the things that we ask you to do is to have, ask the Lord for a word of knowledge about a person's mother's maiden name, and their street address. And the whole, the whole exercise is to prove the point that you're not going to do it. You're going to fail. <laughs> not, so the point of it is to see that you're probably going to fail. And, um, and then we go from there. Yes, we're all positioning ourselves as students, and we're here to learn, and we're going to continue to grow. 
except for Dajel, and she got both of them right. And she completely ruined my whole exercise. But anyway, no, it's not that name game. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're just going to sit here really quietly, and I'm going to ask you to just try and tune out all the distractions around you, and um, close your eyes, because that's a good thing to do. And what we're going to do is we silently pray. We're going to simply ask the Lord to tell us what he calls us and how he sees us. And then we're going to wait on him for the answer. If you don't get an immediate answer, don't be discouraged. I know he will be faithful to speak to you. When people have done this in the past, there's a guy who, what he heard the Lord say was, son. He'd grown up without his father. It was the first time anybody ever called him son. So it was so meaningful, just simple son. I heard of another story of a couple. They went separately and asked the Lord for themselves but also for each other. And the husband couldn't couldn't hear anything. But the wife got got a name. And um she wrote it down on a piece of paper and Two weeks later, the Lord spoke to her husband 
that exact same name. And so it was just an incredible confirmation for him. Did you guys hear God speak? Who felt that they heard God's voice tonight? Oh, lots of you. That's awesome. And if this is a kind of atmosphere that you feel like there's too many distractions, I just encourage you when you leave here to go away or the next couple of days when you're in the car driving on your own or you're walking, just ask the Lord, what do you call me? How do you see me? And just listen for his voice. Because as we think in conclusion, you know, what could our life look like if we really start to tune in to listen and to hear God's voice? What adventures could you be part of? What world-changing things does God want to speak to you? What if young Lauren Cunningham had not heard God's voice or chosen to ignore it? We simply would not be here tonight. I wouldn't be, Gideon wouldn't be, you wouldn't be. That dream and that obedience to that dream has changed millions of lives all around the globe. What assignment has God got for you that he's wanting to release to you that could impact the world? God loves us so much. He wants to speak to us. He wants to input into our lives. He wants to have a two-way conversation, not like our Japanese friend at the, at the beginning. He loves to hear our voice, and he wants us to hear his voice as well. like to stand Father I pray that you'd help us to know your voice and to not be deceived by any other voice help us to guard our hearts from the influences of this world and the people around us Help us not to be deceived by the devil or believe his lies, but to view all thoughts and decisions through the lens of your love and righteousness. And right now I believe that God is wanting to, as I said at the beginning, unplug ears. And I believe some of you are gonna hear God's voice for the very first time tonight. I believe God is wanting to Reconnect those of you who have been disappointed and dismayed about what's happened in life, perhaps with your faith. 
perhaps has been disconnect with relationships or other things, but God is wanting to bring that connect back. He's wanting to speak tonight. He loves you so much. He's wanting to have that kind of intimate relationship with you that you speak, He speaks. It's a conversation. You listen, He listens. And you go on an exciting journey. Learning to be obedient to His voice. So Father, I just want to pray for everybody here tonight, Lord. Lord, I know that you're wanting to do something of the miraculous, that you're wanting to release revelation, that you're wanting to release dreams and visions. You're wanting to release prophetic words and knowledge of things that we do not yet know, as as what is said in Jeremiah 33, verse 3. You're wanting to release the mysteries to us. You're wanting to speak through nature, through our senses, through those who are around us, through your word as we pray, through all sorts of uh, ways that you want to manifest to us. You're not limited. You're not limited. God, there is no limitations on how you communicate with us. And so, Lord, I just pray for that hunger and thirst for more of you tonight for a hunger and thirst for more of what you've got to say to us. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, if you feel like you can't hear God's voice, I just want to put, ask that you put your fingers in your ears right now. And right now in the name of Jesus, I just unplug those ears. Unplug those ears. And Lord, would you give sight to blind eyes? Would you give an awareness of your Holy Spirit that we can truly be led by you? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.